Dark swords and candle art to spark souls And sark souls to cross roads and bandits are Catacombs and giant doors Protect the chest of swords and legendary items With the dragon bones and iron It's a grand theft of Elk Scrolls Simon's quest for Joe and Earl Rock shoes to F crew Keeps the exit gaming news The police need some bad dudes To crash crew like Bandicoot All shit and game in English Control on shows Control Issues! Well, yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. You can head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod see some gameplay videos we put up from time to time and make sure you hop on over to twitter my control issues is the handle let us know what you think yes yes a dub we are closing out 2019 yes yes um overall wait what you think of this year a dub i very much enjoyed myself yeah i very much appreciated my year of gaming i I don't know if this is the year when I bought the most games, but I definitely bought a whole bunch of games, some of most of which I've completed, which is awesome. That's that's a feeling that cannot be understated, man, because you look in the backlog, it's like, why haven't I beaten that? Why haven't I beaten that? But 2019, almost no games going in the backlog. So it's going to be nice transition into the new year. I mean, we got a we got a hot first six months to look forward to so hey maybe 2020 might top 2019 in the games bought department but we'll see (laughs) what about yourself yeah i gotta say solid year gaming for me uh the narrative being going back and playing all the games that i wanted to get back that i wanted to play from the previous years of mainly 2017 and 2018 um so yeah it was curated for for my personal likeness rather than playing the games that are new and fresh and because of that it was just an amazing year because they were all the games that i felt spoke to me and i felt that i need i needed to play kind of like in a bucket list situation before the next generation comes comes into play and so yeah it's um because of that just played all amazing games back to back to back some super long some short a lot of great girlfriend games can't complain go. at all and so yeah man let's get right into um a dub what have you been playing well i managed to finish off children of morta mm. the story was gripping mm. the content was plentiful enough like mm. it, it wasn't overly done but it wasn't to the point where i felt like I've seen it before. I've done it before. There were always new combinations and things or skills to unlock all the way throughout the duration of the game. Like I said, story was gripping. Gameplay was rock solid. Highly recommended to anybody. 11-Bit Studios, you got yourself a good one there. Uh, Then I felt that freedom of not having a game over my head for a second. Then I remembered, oh, wait, Death Stranding. So... I need to get back to that. However, I decided let's just do a little round robin 
of games that I've enjoyed in the past. Like, I played a lot of the roguelikes that I have. Like uh, I, I tried out Spelunky because I remember we had a conversation about that, and I was like, let me give Spelunky another chance. And honestly, now that I'm coming back to that, I can see why people like it, and I have a better idea of how I want to engage with the game. So that's something that I'll be playing at some point. Knock, mm. that, knock that out the backlog. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite for its visuals and the way that it plays. It's actually quite cinematic. If you just get sucked into the art style, <laughs> it's just like, all right, I'm jumping down this. I'm throwing a bomb, blowing the hole open in the pathway. There's a lady. Pick her up. Take her to the exit. Go get these gems. There's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very cinematic. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I I generally excel at those type of games. So I imagine I'll. I'll get used to it, and I'll just chip away at it until it's done. Also played Dead Cells again. Nice. Is every bit as outstanding as it was on day one, as it is coming back to it. Uh, I I saw a little bit of the new content. Like, I saw the opening scene of the giant, but I think I need either, like, a key or to unlock a special door. So, I was playing the game again, enjoying some of what's going on. Again, I highly recommend that. AMC, you need to get on that. Dead Cells is legit. Yeah, that's one of those games that I've, as far as roguelikes go, like that's the one that I got to play. Yes. Then I also popped on, for the first time, Far Lone Sales. So that was a game, I believe it came out last year, but it was on sales pretty cheap. I saw that it reviewed well, and I gave it a spin. A few hours later, finished it. I mean, I had a little mishap. When I was playing that game, that's when I got the the PS4 death scare. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So it, over this past week, it's been a little rainy, been a little windy over here on the West Coast, and power outages were frequent. I was playing far alone sales like at about 3 a.m. and just enjoying myself like a motherfucker. Then suddenly the screen goes gray. And then everything goes off. I was like, what? Another power outage. Go to turn the PS4 back on. It does not cut back on. <laughs> everything else came back on except the PS4. I was like, this is what? what? <laughs> this is how it dies? Mm. So I was pissed off. Decided, you know what? Let me just go. Let me go shopping real quick. Let me go get myself a, a new surge protector. And maybe if I unplug everything and plug it back in, which is the universal technology remedy, <laughs> everything will be fine. So went, got the surge protector, looked at my old one, realized that it was not a surge protector. It was a power strip. And in that day, I learned quite a bit about surge protectors. First and foremost, make sure you have a surge protector. <laughs> yeah. I've been over there raw dogging that outlet with a power strip for years at a time. So you know take care of your gadgets they will take care of you there are certain things that you got to look for you you want to check the clamping rate you want to check the voltage of absorption or the energy it absorbs mm. you know all kinds of stuff make sure that it's it's ul listed certified see if it's transient voltage <laughs> transient voltage suppressor something like that so you know take care of yourself got the power strip plugged everything back in PS4 cuts back on, back in business. <laughs> so yeah, got back in business, got back to Lone Far Sales. It's I love the art style. The music is outstanding. The gameplay centers around operating this 
this giant vehicle so you can keep moving forward. You pick up like items and fuel along the route and you pump it into the reactor, which converts whatever it is into fuel. The fuel goes into the fuel tank that allows you to push down on the throttle, lock it in place. And, you know, as you're rolling, the vehicle starts to accumulate heat in the form of steam. You got to vent the steam. Eventually, you get an add-on that adds a sail to it. So when there's wind, you can put the sails up and just ride the wind, save all your fuel. Or you can combine them, get a little speed. <laughs> and then you also get like a, a an item collector that sucks up the items from the road instead of you having to stop and go out and pick stuff up, put it on hooks on the inside. Yeah, overall... I really enjoyed the game. It it has a little bit of story, not much, but enough to be like, oh, it might be the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, got to the end of the game. It was the end of the game. Put that down real fast. Then I decided, let's start up a wizard for season 19 of yes. Diablo 3. <laughs> yes. Uh, I need more mana. In case you don't know, you, you're going to need to cash in your season rewards as you're earning them. Because my necromancer, who I completed almost every chapter of season 18 with, can no longer cash in their goods. <laughs> so I missed out on an entire set armor, portraits, pets, frames, all kinds of shit. So, you know, don't be like me. Cash in your rewards as you're earning them and go from there. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, it was a glorious weekend. Uh, as I mentioned, I was near the end of divinity original sin and um yeah i was pretty much going into the final boss fight as uh we recorded last week so i started that up and um i i've kind of noticed this now with uh especially the longer games so divinity persona 5 you go into that final act and you're like all right i'm gonna just start steamrolling this shit and put this game away mm -hmm. and then like eight hours pass and you're like why isn't this shit over yet <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah with divinity there was all the stuff leading up to the ending with like collecting the star stones and the, the blood stones and everything finding my memories so i could be whole again did all that go into the final boss fight i do um kind of the right hand man take that dude out and then it's like all right now i'm gonna take out the big bad take out that person and it's like oh but wait there's an even bigger bad so then i gotta make my way to that person and it's pretty good is at this point i hit a lot of the um the in-between battles with the the lesser minions i'll say i felt pretty op at this point in uh in, in the game where i just had the master skills i was highly leveled up i had all the items uh equipped that i needed um didn't even need to like craft anymore or sell any more goods just because i was straight and um i went into that final boss battle and just got my ass handed to me based on some decisions i had made prior to it and then just on the strength of the final boss and so adjustments needed to be made and so it really what i enjoyed was 
that a lot of the things that um, a lot of the strategies that I had learned and utilized throughout the entire game came into play in that final battle and actually had to use pretty much all of like my master spells in that final battle so it wasn't just a, a thing where I just walked in and just handed it to them because I was just so strong I had to really utilize everything that I gained up until that point to walk through as the victor and so after multiple retries I'd say about like six or so I took down that final boss Walked through the ending of that game, rolled credits, and got my trophies. Damn. I didn't think the game even had credits oh, so it, long. It definitely had credits. Even had, uh, it was pretty cool, it was um, one of the characters, like an important character died in the final final battles, like an NPC that's like acting as a support character for that fight. And um, that character died, and then it went into a, um, a DOS prompt screen, where it was basically telling me like I, I had lost Divinity and everything was going bad. <laughs> like, I, society, like the universe was ruined and all that stuff. So it was kind of cool, and then, it, it, and then it rolls back into a load screen, a reload screen to load my last save state. So I did that and then um yeah played through all that went back to my base of operations they they all congratulated me and yeah i rolled credits got my final trophy and felt good about that that's another big game that i was able to put down so persona 5 divinity those are my 200 plus hour single player campaign games that i can feel quite accomplished as uh going through that you slayed two dragons yeah (laughs) literally and figuratively and so yeah um after that it was a, a strong decision just because um i had a strong christmas um and with an assist from Dub now um with having to decide what games i'll be playing moving forward from there and you know after playing especially after playing persona 5 um i just felt this need like i want to play some shorter games and i have definitely felt that feeling after divinity just like i didn't want to deal with stashes loot (laughs) (laughs) searching everywhere using my perception to see hidden hidden burials um like mounds of dirt to then dig up stuff like that going through treasure stuff and yeah holding it's tough on. spending dozens of hours doubting everything <laughs> yeah and it, like, it's like it, there's a wall there but is it really there? <laughs> yeah and there was like uh there's definitely like one of those things like i beat the game and like didn't have to use my blacksmithing or crafting like it's an option and it's great to have options but i had held on to a ton of material that i just never ended up using by the end of the game oh i'm cooking i was cooking my ass off in the uh, beginning yeah, of the game. yeah i didn't make any of the meals like you have all those options and they play a part um so yeah there's a ton of like content that like i uh, glossed over as i played the game and um it's really just made for different play styles which i i can respect and so yeah beat that game felt good felt the need to play a shorter game so i went on a site that lets me know which of the games that i have are is the shortest and so after that it came down to playing basically cuphead or Catherine, and with marissa she said she wanted to actually give cuphead a try even though it's difficult to shit from what we hear um Man, ain't nothing but a 2d platformer she a pro exactly yeah she can handle her business and so with that um i decided all right well i'll make Catherine my single player game um so immediately start playing that marissa's sitting there watching Catherine. she's getting hooked by the story it's um made by atlas so it, it has that persona 5 aesthetic with that persona 5 incredible score and um just uh gripping storytelling mad waifus no all about the waifus you got three waifus that you're just 
going in between and figuring out because the game is all about your infidelity so you got your main girl then you got your side girl then you got your girl that you that might be your side girl and um so she's getting pulled into this the story elements of that game and then we get into the gameplay and it's basically a puzzler similar to not like tetris but similar just in that like you're building your path that you need to climb and each each um there are multiple styles of columns that you're moving around and they all have their own properties and with that that's where the puzzling comes in and she's watching that and she completely loves those style of games like just ask her about tetris 99 and so with that she saw that and she's like oh I want to give this a try. And so now that's become girlfriend game. So yeah, playing Catherine full body, all body, all that, body. God body. And that is, um, Catherine is immediately amazing. I think it's, um, it was a PS three game that got, uh, got that remaster and, um, that HD remaster. And yeah, it's again, I highly recommend if you played persona five, but don't want to play another persona game. I say hop into that Catherine full body. So I'll be playing that. Uh, for the foreseeable future and then we'll see what happens after that with cuphead ori octopath traveler uh, luigi's mansion and uh yeah so yeah great christmas and i am looking forward to 2019 a dub but 2019 is about to pass so we gotta give it its due and so with that a dub we got the motherfucking trolleys I miss this music. The favorite time of the year. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties last year. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did. But we're back. <sighs> How I miss the trolleys. But let's get right into the first category. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever heard it this far before. <laughs> <laughs> Let it ride. All right. So first category for the Trolleys 2019. This is uh, going to be best multiplayer game of the year. Ooh, and the nominees are. The Division 2. All right. Tetris 99. No. And Apex Legends. Ooh. And the winner of the best multiplayer game of 2019 goes to The Division 2. What? <laughs> Ubisoft representative G couldn't be here <laughs> to accept his reward. His award. Yeah, a former a former winner of uh, Most Trolled Developer, Ubisoft, showing up strong with best multiplayer game of the year um this is a game that a dub and i experienced solo and together and it gave me vibes of when we were playing it playing together of diablo but i think it was one of those games or i would say when we played division it, or not division when we played destiny it was like this game is cool but there are certain things that like you know that aren't really necessarily our style of play one being first person shooting mm -hmm. and, and the story mm -hmm. is kind of the story <laughs> And then we hop on to Division, and I just I remember A-Dub just being like, how have we not played the Division up until yeah. this point? And the thing about a game like Destiny is, unfortunately, there has to be a first. Mm -hmm. So it was the first game on consoles of its type, and it did a lot of good things. There are also a lot of things that it could have done 
a lot better. It just felt like very cyclical and predictable once you've made it through the content that one good time. The Division Two seems to have picked up the ball, learned from the mistakes, as well as moved the genre forward in its own original ways. Like It never felt like I was doing the same things over and over again, even when I was, because these events would pop up all over the city, and the story and the missions were always high-octane. The gameplay was top-notch. The visuals are outstanding. The the shattered remains of Washington, D.C. felt alive, especially when you see stray dogs and deer running about. <laughs> you know, there, there was a tranquility to it within the chaos of all the the expanding number of enemies and situations that you encounter over the course of the game. Like it, the game kept growing along with you as you played it. So it never felt like it was, it was a one trick pony. And just doing everything right. That we love third person cover based shooting mechanically just sound as far as like moving from cover to cover, how you just click that X you're sprinting over there. Mm Mm-hmm. You can blind fire, you can pop out, you can do suppressive fire. You can switch shoulders. Yeah. And then on top of that, loot was on point as far as like the steady trickle of it and meaningful where you're just finding game changing loot all the time. Um, You have your multiple weapons, which are all have their benefits. Like I I wanted to try to set up like one style of play. And then as I just tried out the shotgun, I'm like, Oh, I love the shotgun. Mm -hmm. Some machine gun. I love the some machine gun, Mm -hmm. heavy machine gun. I got all the bullets and then, but with the long ass reload and yeah, like (laughs) you're just playing through all that. And then on top of that, like the different builds, as far as like the, um, the equipment that you can utilize. I got the turret with his different modes of fire. You got, you got the seeker mines sending out the drone to hill a dove pulling out the shield (laughs) (laughs) walking into the fire yeah with that ricochet shield bashing um yeah just everything right and just uh made at for great single player game but i love playing it multiplayer and so like and just made it easy for us like as we're playing like to do our thing and then east single who's behind to hop right in and still make an impact with the tethering so yeah they they made that game perfect for people who are on different levels of play to be able to hop in and play with each other and then if they're not on to still have a good time solo absolutely so overall just a great game by ubisoft and yeah division two you get the nod i think it's still working its way through its content update roadmap the free content mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so they did everything right with this game yes um so next category this being the most trolled of 2019 oh big category yeah so they compete pa- every year for this <laughs> yeah so in the past we've had like most trolled developers this one is a little more broad because it was all over the place this year in <laughs> general as trolling in general tends to be yeah so uh yeah we almost got star wars on there <laughs> yeah almost got it but ea pulled through yes and gave us a good single player game yes uh and so with that the first nominee of uh most trolled that going to as mentioned ea mm. for a number of reasons this was early on in the year with uh anthem <laughs> uh, uh bioware <laughs> yeah it's like you got people Trolls hate games as a service. Mass Effect died for this. They hate what's become of Bioware. 
and all that blame goes straight to EA, how they're moving people around. Mm-hmm. They, they got, was it a... Uh, <laughs> not dra- dragon dragon age is going to be games as a service mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah they were just ea was getting it pretty bad at the beginning of the year even though they were doing things right from the respawn side of the company but you know people that's they're the one developer and they're they're not taking any shit from ea and so they got somebody on the board of directors <laughs> they're telling them no yeah so they're they were the <laughs> outlier <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then on top of that you throw in the whole thing with the surprise mechanics with the um what is it uh the, the international lawsuits <laughs> yeah the vp of legal and government affairs uh and, and culture and media it, um, basically met with the uk parliament um and base and said that the loot boxes were surprise mechanics and also <laughs> said it was quite ethical and so because of that you know uh people the trolls immediately turned on ea and like this is the ea that we're talking about they'll never learn Order. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why ea is a nominee for most trolled all oh, right you would think based off all that that they would win they're but, a strong contender every year yeah but there's other people in the category so everybody the, fucking up the next nominee aw you got this one this being our favorite sony censorship oh lord <laughs> So Sony with the censorship, I mean, of course, you know, people started first noticing it with the uh, Sinron Kagura, <laughs> Peach Beach Flash. Yeah. <laughs> people were getting upset. I think there was a game we were some some guy had a mode or it might have been a mode in the new Sinron Kagura that got censored or removed or just Sony was like, nah, where the women have on underwear and you're like touching them and they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> And then eventually, you know, the censorship starts to wor- worm its way out into areas people don't really expect. Like with uh, Devil May Cry 5, there were some women that you rescue from, I guess, being consumed by the darkness. And when you rescue them, Aren't they, always they have lost their clothing. <laughs> and that got censored. People got upset. Then it got uncensored. And then I think it got, like, censored again. Yeah, they, they, um, had, the, they had the lens flares, the yeah. Michael Bay lens flares. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and then at, at some point, Sony or some representative from within them detailed that the censorship policy was on a case-by-case basis to be evaluated. People started spinning out of control, thinking AAA games are going to be censored, despite, you know, the bigger companies with the bigger games having far more leverage than smaller companies with their smaller games and their suggestive themes. <laughs> yeah, I think there's the developers are complaining because this wasn't a written policy. It was just a new policy that Sony was implementing. And so some of the developers were saying that uh, Sony was lacking the communication to specify what issues um, might arise um, and so must be censored or edited out. And because of that, the developers felt like, well, they're letting us work through these games, come out with these final products, and then telling us, hey, send it back to the drawing board and take Mm -hmm. this out. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, Sony censorship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the next nominee, this will go to the Epic Game Store. Oh, Lord. Yeah. They had to make it this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, so there is the whole thing with um, Epic Game Store comes out. When it first gets announced, there's this whole talk about their um, their, their profit, how they're going to 
basically their profit split with the uh, developers and how the developers are actually getting a higher profit um, from their um, split from their games in comparison to Steam. Mm-hmm. And so because everybody's about it, they're industry friendly. Yeah, and everybody's happy about that. And, and they're competing with Steam, they're providing people with choices. <laughs> and because that's so enticing, the developers now start signing exclusivity deals with the Epic Game Store. Mm. And some of these exclusivity deals were signed after they had put their pre-orders up on the Steam store. Mm, Metro Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a big story about how I mean, it, it came. The thing is, it, the decision came down from the publisher side. The developer wasn't even aware of it. And yeah, Metro Exodus, it was already up for pre-order xbox ps4 pc which used to be synonymous with steam until epic game store came along apparently the exclusivity deal was signed and then they had to they had to stop listing the game for pre-order on steam they did announce to the gaming community that anyone who did pre-order through steam would get their game on release day because you know it'd be illegal if you didn't (laughs) or you know it depends but yeah anyway they honored their steam pre-orders they took down the ability to pre-order from steam went with the epic exclusivity for a period of time because eventually sometime after the game came out it got back on steam i don't know if it's six months to a year if it's six months then it should be on steam by now if it's a year it'll come to steam early next year yeah there were a lot of timed exclusivity deals that were signed yeah like control Mm -hmm. i think borderlands as well exactly um you throw in there also Ub- the developers of Ublots, um they the world renowned yeah they all they did was they happened to make a comment that um that a lot of the negativity towards the exclusivity deals after they had decided to sign an exclusivity deal they called the trolls immature which was then <laughs> returned with violent threats <laughs> which was then <laughs> audience labeled immature responds with immaturity yeah. news at 11 <laughs> news at 11 <laughs> all that and more um and then uh, on top of that with epic game store um there's a lot of i guess of xenophobia possibly well that's how it was spun in some circles but there was the worry that tencent they own 40 percent of epic games and thus there's they're a china-based company and people were worried that their data then was being given over to the chinese government mm. and so because of that the epic game store was compromised <laughs> and so that's another reason why people felt like they were being strong-armed into getting these games at the Epic Game Store and that it was going against their ethics and morality because of all the issues with how China carries out some of their human rights policies. I mean, as if your information isn't for sale worldwide from all the other companies <laughs> yeah. that are gathering it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, just look at Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Epic's the bad one. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point of death threats going to 4A, the developer of Metro. I mean, over the year, the the fur or the fervor (laughs) whichever one that kind of tapered off so thankfully nothing nothing happened or came from it but it was a tumultuous period (laughs) yeah and staying on the topic of china and how they affected the gaming industry the last nominee for most trolled would be blizzard specifically with how they handled handled their 
China policy in regards to the Hong Kong protests. A-Dub, what you got on that? So, a guy wins a Blizzard game, <laughs> a tournament, <laughs> wins homie, a tournament. The homie Blitz Chung. Yeah. Announces his solidarity with the Chinese people and their demand for more human rights. And Blizzard was like, fuck that. You're not getting your money. <laughs> and you are banned from, <laughs> from Blizzard games. And on top of that, the people who were interviewing you, you're also now fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody who was on screen in that moment was just erased from memory. Yeah, they had a very knee-jerky reaction to that whole situation. <laughs> of course, the gaming community was not having it. Blizzard, uh, how far are they fallen? <laughs> <laughs> people were trying to uh, take away their accounts from certain games, cancel their accounts. Yeah. Yeah, they're refusing Blizzard. to play Overwatch Blizzard's anymore. Done. They're complicit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as predicted, right here on control issues, Blizzard came right around the corner, revealed Diablo Four, and it all went away. <laughs> <laughs> and so, with that, the winner of most trolled a twenty nineteen goes to Epic Game Store. <laughs> <laughs> seething yeah i mean the reason why uh epic game store i felt like was the winner is that it wasn't just contained to the epic game store there were there was what's the term when there's like there's f not friendly fire but there were victims on the side i can't think of the word but casualties yeah there are casualties and collateral damage collateral damage there we go and the fact that not just Epic Game Store, but developers were also getting hit with that because of Epic Game Store. I just felt like they had to be the most troll just because it was there it was just a clean sweep of anybody in that path just had to take that fire. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Epic Game Store easily wins most trolled. <laughs> easily. I mean it it was to the point where online communities do what they do. When they find something they don't like, then they brainstorm in real time all the various reasons why not only don't they like it, but you should dislike it. And th these are the tangible reasons why you shouldn't like it. I mean, uh, uh, my Steam library is going to be separate from my. I, I'm not going to have all my games in one library. I'm, I'm not going to get features. <laughs> if a game store isn't developed yet, it's like, well, that's why they're spending this money so they can get more people on their system so they can make even more money and then they can start giving you the creature comforts that you've gotten used to. And if it makes that big of a deal to you, you can always just do some PC wizardry to make your game play on Steam anyway. Mm -hmm. But y'all, y'all want to hear that? Motherfuckers don't want to hear about that. Y'all want to talk about that? <laughs> and the next category, this is a new one. This being the take that jumped the shark. Mm, so a lot of hot takes this year. Yeah, there's a dub and I discussed like the previous weeks how like we were just getting tired of one the trolling in general but just the repetitive nature of the comments that were being thrown out and it just getting old and you're just tired of combating it and so we had to go through save shit every week yeah so we had to go through and what were the hot takes that had completely jumped the shark either from previous years or from this year alone and just based on the quality of games that came out that or even features that would then make these takes just completely like without base it's a derivative of a lifetime achievement award yeah <laughs> 
And so the first nominee for the Take That Jump the Shark, that being not enough room for another game in this genre. <laughs> so, I mean, you've, you've seen it. You've heard it. You've probably even said it a couple times when a, a game comes out that share similar mechanics or styles as as other games that have been around, you know, Souls-like games, roguelikes, open worlds, like, oh, there's not enough room for another open world game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I guess there's finite space. <laughs> yeah, and so specifically with this year, um, there was the whole thing with zombie games. Uh, there's a, Days a, Gone. Yeah, there's no there's no room for another zombie game. A dub plays Days Gone. Enjoys Days Gone. Plenty of room. It was plenty of room. Resident Evil Two remake comes out. People's game of the year. <laughs> a lot of people's game of the year. People contesting other game of the year picks, saying Resident Evil Two is their personal. Yeah, and then um, and then as far as the battle royale genre goes, uh, Fortnite comes out, and people are just like, well. Because of that, um, there can't be another battle royale because it's just so successful. Um, I I hate battle royale. I don't want any more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. People are over it. It's played only. There's no room. Only little kids like battle royale games, but mainly because of the success of Fortnite with the dancing and all that good stuff. With the copyright infringement, <laughs> <laughs> there is no room for the genre. And then we get Apex Legends, which ends up being one of respawn's biggest games ends up being the fortnite for people who don't like fortnite yeah uh we get tetris 99 which ends up being the fortnite for people who have no idea what fortnite is yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i mean just um a way to just bring tetris into the new age because i mean it's just crazy like that as far as like Tetris goes, it's an old ass game that doesn't really reinvent the wheel. But then you see Tetris Effect do really well last year, and then this year with Tetris ninety nine. I mean, Tetris is still moving in in ways that we wouldn't expect it to. And yeah, Tetris ninety nine being a free to play game as long as you got uh, Nintendo Switch online, um, and then just completely killing it to the point that it was a game that marissa and i just played non-stop for months on end we still play it as as they add new events and new themes to play uh, to play on the, in the background um so yeah plenty of room and then a game coming down the line that we saw at the playstation state of play that being Spellbreak. Mm. Right. what were you thinking kinda you excited saw that, for that. yeah <laughs> kind of excited for that i've been waiting for a battle royale with just not I'm not necessarily waiting for a battle royale, but just some kind of multiplayer game where you're super powered beings instead of just running around with your guns out. Yeah, the battle royale that speaks to you, and that seems to be Spellbreak. So exactly. look for that next year. Yeah, Spellbreak, the battle royale for people who don't want to shoot each other. <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the not enough room for another game in this genre. What's the next nominee? R.I.P. Single player. A <laughs> Dub. Just, just walk me through this one. I mean, I feel like R.I.P. in general should just be on the list because every time something like, oh, R.I.P., no one's died. Yeah. No one and nothing has died <laughs> as a result of any decision or release that has happened in the past year or two or ten. So, yeah, but basically the R.I.P. single player, we all know EA had the infamous quote that everybody took out of context and people have just been running with it every time a game comes out that was supposed to succeed it was like oh see single player games aren't dead <laughs> but um yeah every time 
every time Battle Royale game comes out, every time another multiplayer comes out, every time a game as a service comes out or gets announced, everyone's like, oh, RIP single players. There's fewer single player games coming out these days. And, oh, man. The reality of the situation is that there are plenty of single player games that come out these days. Speaking of, I mean, just this year alone, I've played Days Gone, Control, Sekiro, Borderlands, which has a multiplayer element. Um, I can't even... Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, which is strictly single player, Rage 2. The game has been... The year has been packed with single player games. Single player games have won Game of the Year awards at virtually every outlet. Death Stranding is all these... There's so much evidence saying that this RIP single player thing is toast. And like, you know, we're in a good place with single player games when people are getting nitpicky about the single player games where they're like, oh, wait, Control one or Zekiro one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, now, now. Oh, now, Resident oh, Evil 2 should have won. Oh, Devil May Cry should have won. Yeah. Oh, Luigi's Mansion should have won. Fire Emblem Three Houses should have won. <laughs> but Pokemon should have won. Pokemon should have won. Um, so and, many single player games, it's and, ridiculous. And then you throw on kind of the hypocrisy of it with a, a really good single player game, that being Control, and then not showing up on NPD where it's like we have a game for you guys to support, and motherfuckers didn't show up. No, and I completely forgot about The Surge Two and Greedfall. Yeah, <laughs> single player games coming out of every orifice, every port. Porifice. Um, so yeah, that's why RIP single player is on the list. And mm-hmm. the next nominee for the Take That Jump the Shark, this being Sony is reverting to PS3 launch Sony. Oh, they're getting arrogant. <laughs> they get cocky again. They want me to get two jobs again. <laughs> um, oh, I mercy. mean you throw in that uh, something that we discussed earlier, Sony censorship. Um, yeah, there's all these re- and then we're going into a next gen and people are looking at, oh, Microsoft has Game Pass, so now that means Sony is just, they're losing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> because other other developers are doing good, that suddenly means Sony's doing bad. Sony was against <laughs> cross-play. Yeah. Uh, and then Sony figured it out. <laughs> yeah, so that's like, those are some of the arguments now and why we would say that these are played takes that people have we have cross-platform now for sony games we have backwards compatibility something that people have been oh not now but that on coming. ps5 yeah we still don't know what the full extent of that backwards compatibility is going to be i've seen people out there kind of leaning on it as like oh it's going to be backwards compatible with all my games i'm like dude you don't know that yeah <laughs> let's not jump to that conclusion let's not set ourselves up for a disappointment but i mean microsoft has revealed the xbox series x they've shown a cinematic trailer for hellblade so people are sitting there like oh where's sony's response when are they gonna show us ps5 they're getting arrogant they think they just got it in the bag just because they won this generation and then uh the last one that being that the people had been complaining like why why won't you let me change my name well you can now change your name (laughs) it may cause some problems yeah don't play uh, an old game if you want to change your name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sony has addressed the issues, and they seem to be in the right place, but people will continue to bang the table saying that Sony is reverting back to PS3 launch They're era. complacent. Yeah. Um, and the final nominee for the Take That Jump to Shark. Ooh, we got a lot to choose from. Yeah, this one being female characters are less hot. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's not we don't have to really get into this one it's just it's old it's something something that began with you know mass effect and sjw and the women aren't hot to where they used to be mm-hmm. and then now the reason why we say it's completely jumped the shark now because it's not even like the sjw thing is there but now like with the announcement of um what was it uh final fantasy 7 remake people started there was the that, sports that was brawl. a mix of sony censorship and female character hotness yeah the, the sports bra gate like well like her boobs look like less hot and like they're a you lot know, bigger so, in the in the polygon version and that was preceded by all oh, sony better not censor tifa yeah was <laughs> exactly the same yeah and then you had pointed out um people talking about jill in the resident evil 3 people talking about jill saying she's not as hot as she used to be but then she you got know, pants on yeah <laughs> all you got they laura crofted her she's all dirty <laughs> but if you just do a side by side with the remake image of jill and the 1997 image of jill <laughs> you will see that jill was just a pile of triangles yeah. <laughs> a few years ago versus what she is now which is more closer to a human being yeah so you know take all that somewhere else i mean it it got real heavy when horizon came out it was like you couldn't go a week without seeing at least six or seven aloy is not attractive threads sjw like you said they hit they hit andromeda and it it just it it's to the point where up game female character someone's going to complain about her looks (laughs) and it hit control with jesse faden it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> how, how do you take the model who looks good and make an ugly character model? <laughs> <laughs> and so with that, the winner of the take that jumped the shark, oh, you know it's you trolls, but specifically the winner is going to be not enough room for another game in this genre. Mm. <laughs> mm. I feel like that one was stiff. That was stiff competition with with unattractive female characters. Yeah, because they are both at the end of their lives. But <laughs> not not enough room. That one it's been around long before the female character argument, and it's just ongoing. It's like I said, you guys have seen this around. You probably said it yourself and just written it off. But it's starting to stand out now because it's like, what do you mean? There's not enough room. Like a game is a game. You're either gonna play it or you're not. Yeah, and then it's. Once again, it's always justified by the sales and that Apex Legends completely just murdered that first quarter. Uh, Days Gone, Sony Ben's best-selling game, enough to justify a sequel. And then, it was big in the UK. Yeah, and then obviously Resident Evil 2 Remake just killing it as well, sales-wise. So yeah, the, the idea that there's not enough room for another zombie game, another Battle Royale game, um, yeah, kill yourself i mean there, there may not be enough room in your heart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have my heart court um so a dub you got actually the next two categories so take it from here yeah so as we're approaching the end of the show we're getting to the the more high dollar awards so if you want to win one next year you know where to send the check <laughs> next my category next category is most anticipated game of 2020 <laughs> And the nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Mm. the long-held dream game Holy Grail. We've finally not only seen it, 
we we know how it plays we've seen menus in game we have an idea of the structure there's going to be at least two episodes they're expanding into the migger situation giving us new areas to explore new story content which people simply refer to as padding (laughs) (laughs) because people don't see the value in getting the game that they love but more of it yeah people were discussing this game like i don't think it's even gonna ever come out yeah (laughs) we went from it never existing (laughs) to complaining about what it's gonna be yeah (laughs) so that should give you an idea of the evolution of trolling yeah but it's gonna be yeah it's it's all over the place it's definitely a very talked about game there's feelings all over the map there's assumptions all over the map (laughs) it's just it's it's a scene so final fantasy 7 remake first nominee next nominee cyberpunk 2077 so we got cd project red coming off the success of the witcher 3 what most people will regard as their game of the generation or just game of the generation don't care what you think about anything else uh coming out the success of that and it's got the netflix series that's on people are loving that even though the critics aren't <laughs> weird how that works the the next evolution of keanu reeves next evolution of keanu reeves johnny silverhand is what they like to call him and yeah we we got cyberpunk 2077 cyberpunk setting it's based on what the tabletop game of the same name i think that was just like 2027 or 2020 or something but first person looks incredible takes place in a giant open world futuristic city so that's something that hasn't been done or explored before we already know cd project red knows how to do side content to a level of quality that is unmatched by any other game of any previous generation they've also proven that it is not impossible to have a compelling single player story in an open world game with comparable side content so there's a lot there to be excited about you're going to be upgrading and augmenting your character you could pick a male or a female or something in between or something that's a combination thereof in fact i think they're getting rid of the gender choices option so if you want to be androgynous if you want to be fluid you got that if you want to be goatee yes (laughs) but of course for some reason, people have decided they're going to be turning on CD Projekt Red now. It's like, oh, well, the only good game they ever made was The Witcher. I don't know why people are excited. We've even seen professional trolling of of Cyberpunk 2077. We got websites trying to tell you, oh, don't pre-order it. We don't, we don't know what it's going to be. People saying, oh, it looks like it's going to be disappointing. Multiplayer trolls. We've got multiplayer. <laughs> I knew they were going to do it. <laughs> It's going to have microtransactions in it. And CD Projekt Red was already like, ah, don't worry. They won't be intrusive or predatory. People were like, ah, they sold their soul to the devils. <laughs> so, yeah, no matter what, people have strong feelings about Cyberpunk. It's something that's talked about whenever information or new video footage or screenshots surface. It's the talk of the town. So, it's the second nominee for most anticipated game of 2020. Nominee number three. The Last of Us 2. So, you know, The Last of Us, one of the greatest games ever made. One of the greatest games, probably the greatest game of the last generation. Got the HD remaster, 
well, not HD remaster, just the remaster for the current gen of consoles. We got The Last of Us 2. It was supposed to come out this year, but it got delayed into 2020. And then I believe it got delayed again or something to that something to that degree. Oh, no, we had a February release date. Like a month or so. Got yeah. And then they, they had this big event yeah. <laughs> announcing the release date. They released this. They had a media event. They released this awesome trailer. And then not but a few days later, like, you know what, actually, <laughs> we're going to have to push that back to May. And if you were looking forward to that multiplayer, stop looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their their ambitions for the game really grew and evolved over the development of it. So the game itself became a, a much bigger title. I believe it's going to be only the second game of this current console cycle to release with two discs. If you remember, Red Dead Redemption 2 was the first one to do so. One of the discs was for additional assets and things that the game would need to run the way that they wanted it to run. So I imagine the same thing is going to be happening here with the last of us Two, as AMC mentioned, the multiplayer was removed from the plan. They're still in the process of making that into what it's going to be, but much like the single player game is going to be something much bigger that people are going to enjoy playing for years to come. And suddenly people are like, well, the only reason that I played the original yeah, Last of Us. <laughs> I'm trying to get that multiplayer. They're taking away the value. I need factions. It's half a game now. <laughs> that might be on the uh, Take That Jump to Shark next year. Is yeah. You're taking away the value of my game. Taking away the value. <laughs> and anti-consumer, that might be the thing. But yeah, Last of Us 2, it's definitely talked about. It looks like it's going to be fantastic, so we're extremely excited for it. We'll be getting that day one, streaming some content for you if you want to check us out on twitch.tv slash controlissuespod. Ah, and now the final nominee for most anticipated game of 2020, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, my Tsushima. Give me my Tsushima. Now, to be fair... There's not as much discussion about Ghost of Tsushima across the web as there are for the other three heavy hitters. However, it's the first new IP from Sony first party developer Sucker Punch outside of their infamous franchise. We've had three and a half infamous games, one, two, Second Son and First Light. Uh, It looks fantastic. What we've enjoyed for a number of years in the gaming industry is a great drought of games set within feudal era japan uh we got a little glimpse of that with the release of sekiro this year so but you got demons yeah but you you got (laughs) demons it's it's got that from soft system running on their engine you you know i want it now i want to see something that's more cinematic something that's a little more intimate something that's a little more exclusive quality Mm -hmm. and ghost of Tsushima looks to fill that void you'll be playing as ghost himself you're a samurai but you will be acquiring shinobi abilities over the course of the game we've seen the game revealed and we've seen it re-revealed recently at the game awards it was their longest trailer on the show it looks like the game is sporting a whole new camera angle it's much lower and tighter so there's still questions about how that'll play into the overall gameplay of the title but you know overall it looks like it's coming along we're excited for it we got a release window of summer 2020 so yeah goes to Sushima. we got a release window of ps5 launch game <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, of repackaged remaster 
little bonus features. So the most anticipated game of 2020 is... <laughs> trying to pretend like I was opening the envelope. Ghost of Tsushima. That's my wife. That's my son. That's my stomach. That's my son. I can flip the blade off of my, the blood off of my blade. Now it's very arguable that the other three games in the category um, could be definitely more anticipated as far as the internet, but this ain't the internet. This is control issues. For us, it's Ghost of Tsushima. We've played Final Fantasy VII. We've we've played CD Projekt Red RPGs. We played, we played The Last of Us. Those are largely known quantities. I mean, some of them are stepping further out of the realm of their comfort zone more than others. However, Ghost of Tsushima looks to satisfy a longstanding itch within the gaming industry. It looks outstanding, and it still holds a whole lot of secrets. So it carries the most unknowns with it. That's why, for us, it is the most anticipated game of 2020. Yeah, I feel like it's the game that on our... When the when the bar closes, we're drunk and we're just philosophizing about video games and what we want to see. This is the game. This was one of the games that we discuss as far as like where are where is our open world samurai game? Yes, always spoken of conceptually, yeah. optimistically, hopefully. Now it's here. Now it's here. And a dub the final final category game of the year. <laughs> Now, just a little disclaimer so people don't get upset and send us death threats for no damn reason. Our game of the year works a little different than other outlets. AMC and I both pick our personal games of the year, and they are based entirely on our own subjectivity, proclivity, creativity, nativity, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. This, These are our games of the year. So if you disagree, feel free to holler at us. Keep it clean. So, you know, I'll lead it off just because I played actually less games of 2019. So um, this was somewhat of a no-brainer for me. It was really between two games. But, yeah, overall, the game, as mentioned earlier, that I played the most, that I got the most out of, most bang for my non-buck, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that being Tetris 99. That free bang. That free bang. Yeah, um... Yeah, Tetris 99, that was just one of the best games. One, handing the sticks back and forth. Um, playing Tetris, but then playing Tetris in a completely different way because it's not about just getting the Tetrises. It's about clearing blocks, anticipating attacks, get going on the offensive, and then just surviving in the end. And it's just hot. It's like fast pace. You don't know what's coming, but you're always preparing. And um, I just remember going to sleep at night and just visualizing blocks falling and and where i'm gonna place them and how to place them and yeah it just did everything right and on top of that they managed to innovate by putting out the the purchase options with the the single player offline modes and then the thing that really spoke to me was they started doing events and so with the release of new nintendo switch games they would put out a theme to coincide with that so they had a fire emblem theme and it had the music and it had like the icons they put out a pokemon one and with each of the hundred characters there is one of the one of 100 pokemon behind them so you see all those as they get defeated and eventually they 
I uh, just released 15 themes and alongside with that challenges and you do the challenges that give you a ticket you get enough tickets you can buy that theme and the themes that my favorite being the retro ones from the from the NES uh, with Donkey Kong um, Mario and Zelda and having the that OG score and then the aesthetic and the look and everything there that you would want but with with that in the background of a Tetris Battle Royale game I never really thought I would ever get into Battle Royale games but Tetris was the uh, the gateway drug that would then lead to Apex Legends and now me looking forward to Spellcaster so yeah Tetris 99 Nintendo I salute you for 2019 mm, very strong very strong but A-Dub what you got now, me, as you guys may already know, if you've been following the show, I've played a great deal of the 2019 games on PS4. Uh, we start the year off with, what, Metro and Sekiro and Rage 2, Days Gone, Borderlands 3, Control, Children of Morta. It, there was a lot going on in my life. <laughs> Death Stranding, uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. So, my personal game of the year is Sekiro. <laughs> so as explained with Ghost of Tsushima being the most anticipated game of 2020, there's been a great drought of feudal era Japanese style games. It's a sorely underused setting in the gaming world. Sekiro struck a mighty blow against that drought, brought in the rain, saturated the land. We got plants budding in the sunshine that follows. Uh, the big thing for Sekiro with me was that it was the first game to give me the kind of combat system that I've always dreamt of, where you're you're not just swinging the sword and hacking away at an enemy and then dodging their, their one or two attacks and then cutting them up in the back with them not taking any kind of physical damage or, you know, things like that. Where Whereas with Sekiro, every hit, you got to block it, you got to counter it, you got to you gotta try to dodge out the way if it's reasonable, but more often than not, you're standing toe-to-toe with an enemy, blocking and deflecting attacks until you eventually open them up for the real damage. So you're not just running at the guy after he already swings the spear and then just slicing away at him, trying to cut him down before the next time he swipes with the spear. You're in there deflecting the spear eventually you break his posture get the death blow and then you really hurt him then you do the process maybe once more if it's a mini boss maybe once or twice on a real boss things like that it Sekiro it, it was also one of the first from soft games outside of armor core that I've ever finished uh, i as soon as it clicked with me and I loved the combat, it was much easier for me to be able to absorb the surroundings, get get hooked on the lore. It also had a easier to follow story with characters with voice acting. So overall, it was an excellent multi-platform package from software. It was published by Activision, and that was the source of some minor trolling for a while. People you know, looking in the mirror, going over their system of values, trying to determine if like, oh, I don't know, I don't I don't like Activision and their practices, but I like FromSoft and this looks pretty cool. No, Sekiro was 
an outstanding game worthy of all the praise that it has received. It's not worthy of most of the criticisms it has received, most notable being, oh, it's the worst of the FromSoft games. It's like, yeah, but it's still like a better game than most games out there. So what it's is what hard. is that really worth? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, it brought back up the easy mode conversation. That was a whole thing for a long time. But overall, it was just like, Whenever somebody really broke down why they didn't like the game or what they found difficult, it's like, oh, you're playing it wrong. That's what your problem is. And then you just explain in a detailed post of how they could play it right, and then they end up having a better time. <laughs> yeah, so A-Dubs, Game of the Year 2019, Sekiro. Uh, it, was, it was a close race. It, it could have gone to, to Children of Morta. It could have gone to Control. You could have very easily gotten control. <laughs> yes. But Sekiro's walking with that honor today. What's this? Who's rushing the stage? Oh, no. Oh, no. Get popcorn all on the carpet. It's not ODB. We are not getting our deposit back. It's not Kanye West. It's not a father-son tandem upset with the call of an umpire. Oh, no. It's not a soccer mom upset that her kid's sitting in the dugout. It's the trolls. Troll of the week. Troll of the year. Troll of the year. Troll of the year. Troll in the year. Troll of the year. Troll in 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 the year. I have more fun in the past. Troll in the year. This is the worst. Troll in the I hate this year. <laughs> <laughs> PS3 arrow is better. Yeah. So, you know, at the trolleys, we try to find trolls that are just shitting on the whole year, wholesale, short and sweet, succinct. Just. Uh, <laughs> 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 I can't even do it, man. I almost, I almost forgot <laughs> that it was the year and the chant. And I hit them with the week. <laughs> but uh, let's get you, let's let you guys listen to troll of the year <laughs> first show says 2019 is the year where xbox and playstation hold off their big reveals for next gen so trash <laughs> so all the good stuff that that we could have heard about that we could have seen in 2019 nah we got new consoles coming they gonna put everything behind that so it's not even like the games that came out this year that's not important it's all about the announcements for what's gonna come the games that we <laughs> didn't see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So next troll says, aside from A Plague Tale and a few other indies, this year was trash. <laughs> a Plague Tale Innocence, it's a, it's, I think it's a game that deals with the Black Plague. And you're using the fire to keep the rats at bay. The rats have just overran Europe. <laughs> yeah. And then a few other indies, I mean Children of Morta, absolutely. That's one of the games that made this year awesome. So I don't know what your deal is. What games are these people playing? But next troll, worst or second worst year of the past decade. You could take eight of, eight or nine other years, put them all next to each other. This one's at the bottom. The bottom <laughs> the, of the yeah. barrel. Worst or second worst year of the past decade. Hard to tell. I'll have a better grasp once I play more games, but a disappointing year as a whole. Ga year is disappointing. You haven't played enough of the games of this year to have a firm grasp on that opinion. Most disappointing year of the past decade. 
uh, hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last troll of the year, two out of ten, close to rock bottom. Glad it's almost over, most certainly. I mean, you, you have any? What do you have to say about this, Ado? <laughs> Trolling the year. I mean, I I bought a new game like almost every month. For most of the months of the year, I bought a new game. This is probably the one year where I've bought the most games from this particular year and just in general games of, of past times. And we even got some great PS Plus offerings. I mean, Titanfall still up. Titanfall 2, I should say. 2019 was very solid. I mean, it wasn't hitting us with the instant classics like previous years have hit us with, but it's given us a lot of a lot more solid of a foundation for the PS4, Xbox, Nintendo Switch libraries. I mean, there's still the whole Nintendo Switch lineup of games that people don't really talk about outside of the PlayStation and Xbox circles. We had Fire Emblem, Three Houses, one of the best RPGs to come out. Pokemon Sword and Shield, like the Pokemon game we've been waiting for. Master Chain Sleeper Hit of the Year. Sleeper Hit, Platinum Games. <laughs> uh, what, Luigi's Mansion 3. Yes, the Gooigi. <laughs> Body slamming specters. <laughs> Doing it all. So, I mean. Yeah. Uh, like, what, what? console are you on are you a one console brand loyalty type gamer are you just a triple a gamer one of the guys said or one of the trolls said that you know some a few indies and plague tale but the year was still trash it's like indie games on top of all the games that were added this year so i don't know what to say i got one of my favorite games of all two three three of my favorite games of all time out of this i got Children of Morta, I got Control, and I got Sekiro. Mm. You can't ask for a better year than that. I mean, didn't mention nothing about Devil May Cry 5, Resident Evil 2, any other game people think should have won Game of the Year. 2009 was incredibly strong. And if you couldn't enjoy this year for all of the gifts that it bestowed upon us, Maybe you're the one that's weak. How dare you? Tell me I'm weak. I tell you you're weak. I'm gonna go drink. Troll of the tersely worded better. Troll of the year. Troll in the year. Troll of the year. Troll in the year. Troll in the year. Troll in the year. Troll in the year. I can't wait to speak more hate next year. Supposed to be a great year, but only saying that because I'm hating on this year. Because next year it's not going to be as great as I thought it was. New Year's resolution to not play video games anymore. Mm. I I can't <laughs> wait for more people. Who are like I I'm going to quit gaming. It's like yes, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, please. We have so many new people coming in who appreciate playing video games. Your old ass needs to get the fuck out of here. Industry is bigger and more successful than it has ever been. Yeah. It, to the point that now we're starting to expose like the dirty little social side of gaming where corporate culture and crunch, mm-hmm. <laughs> all those things that now we're working on making better working conditions for game developers because they, with the advent and popularity of social media, they've been more empowered to step up and talk about their experiences and let us know that, hey, you know we're people too like we're 
you may not like the game and you end up sending a death threat, but at the same token, this is a person who's working 70 hours a week and is being sexually harassed. As much as we had talked about, like with EA and the whole thing with surprise mechanics, this is actually a year, definitely in the second half. And if you just look at fall, where there's not a lot of talk about like loot boxes ruining games, mm-hmm. something that people felt like was the downfall of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, fall comes around, there's not a lot of complaints about live service games or games as a service ruining the industry. Like it's no, they were just hating on it because it's Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, and so like you just like you look at it and it's we're seeing the, the the graph is charting it's trending up no matter if people feel like the progress is going fast enough in a way that they would prefer it's progressing and it's getting better and so the idea that like it's somehow worse is just a, a factual lie <laughs> like you you're just lying to yourself because you're trying to focus on one or two elements in gaming and assume that that's showing up in every game but if you were to actually just look at these games look at all the great single player games the good multiplayer games the ones that did it right and then just really the arguments against games that really don't hold a lot of water like if you don't like oh i don't like the writing in this game or this person's attached so many games got hit with the writing yeah control got hit with it borderlands 3 got hit with it oh no well the writing uh, i don't like the humor there's nothing maybe you have a bad sense of humor (laughs) yeah games are not evolving they're not doing anything new death stranding comes out we Mm. now have a new genre of gaming called Death stranding yeah it's boring though (laughs) it's just a walking simulator yeah yeah, as you mentioned with sekiro new gameplay mechanics as far as combat goes and one-to-one sword fighting that's too hard i don't i don't like it's too tedious it's not accessible i don't like doing that (laughs) (laughs) somebody beating it with a banana yet (laughs) so yeah um every argument i can't speed run this (laughs) yeah i feel like the list is just going to grow year on year with the the take that is jump the shark which is a good thing um and i hopefully people will just start to appreciate what they have which they won't but <laughs> we'll have new consoles by this time next year so, and new shit to bitch about yeah so it's actually gonna be interesting to see if we were to to do a hypothetical most trolled i'm sure there's plenty that we could see especially once the new consoles are coming our way and we get the prices and all that stuff you know people are going to be pissed off i mean people already photoshopping images of xbox series x's into kitchens as refrigerators and people are already hating on godfall <laughs> yeah so yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. 2019 completely killed it enough that I'm looking so forward to 2020. We have our most anticipated games already. Just those four alone would be enough to set the year up. But yeah. there's going to be some surprise games out there. We got Doom Eternal coming. We got uh, the console version of Rebel Galaxy Outlaw coming. Mm-hmm. We got we got Animal Crossing coming. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, um, we I'm, got a dub possibly buying a Switch coming. Yes, with with a new PS5. Unless yeah. the Switch Two is backwards compatible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a um, it's an exciting time for gaming. Um, I'm so looking forward to what we have coming our way. These motherfuckers can go kill themselves. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> or just find a new perspective. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Take the nonviolent option. <laughs> Hey, Doug, you got anything else before we before we close out for 2019? I mean, Happy New Year. I'm not trying to hear none of this New Year, New Me stuff. <laughs> like, just get the old you tight <laughs> and keep rolling. <laughs> you can't just throw out the old you 
and start with a new you. You got to embrace your flaws and your shortcomings, make them stronger, not in a negative way, but in a good way, in the strengths and assets. Happy New Year. Lens Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Tuning into the 2019 Trolley Awards brought to you by AMC, A Dub, Control Issues. <laughs>